Hey, thank you for checking out our uh, online sermon series. Uh, we're actually starting a new sermon series here at Coastal Community Church called Coastal Because. And as many of you know, we're getting ready to change locations. And, and change sometimes brings uh, a, a nervousness. And so uh, this series is designed to remind us w- what we are, what we believe, uh, really what is in the DNA of Coastal. And that happens no matter where we meet. So I hope you'll join us for a six-week series called Coastal Because. One of the things we always want to remind you is that this, uh, these, these online videos, these online sermons are to be a supplement for your spiritual growth. And uh, we have a deep conviction at Coastal Union Church that you should be a part of a local church. And so if uh, you are in our area, we would love for you to be a part of our local church. We meet at 815, 945, and 1115. And uh, we hope you'll join us for one of our services. Good morning, Coastal. Great to see you all this morning. If you have your Bible, and I hope you do, turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. Verse 18, if you don't have a Bible, there's probably one in a chair in front of you. And if you don't own a Bible, do me a favor, take that one with you, okay? The the one in the chair in front of you, not your neighbors. Uh, Because that's our gift to you, okay? We'd love for you to have a copy of the Word of God. Inside of your bulletin, three things I need you to get out and get prepared for this sermon. Uh, There's your notes, okay? And that's a great way to prepare for your small group. Uh, And I hope you do more than fill in the blanks. You know, I hope you write down some things as, uh, you know, something happens, uh, uh, something the sermon sticks out to you want to remember. You always remember more of what you write down. And then there are two cards in your bulletin that I want you to get out, and I'm going to reference these a little bit later. So grab these and take these out, and uh, I'm going to reference those in just a moment. Um, uh, while you're kind of getting ready and getting all that together, I did want to let you know that uh, we were unable to close on the sale of this building this week. I know it's disappointing. Um, you know, we have uh, really just one more piece of paperwork that the lending institution, the bank, needed to close the deal on their end. That will come in in the middle of this week, uh, this coming week. And then uh, some of the people, actually one of the one person really that we needed to finish the closing uh, is not going to be able to be there this week because they're on vacation. Uh, that's code for one of the lawyers can't be there. So we are going to close um, Monday a week, okay? So February, the, um, uh, March, we're not going back in time. March the 14th, okay? So uh, just continue to be in prayer for that. You know, that's kind of the final piece of this puzzle for us. And uh, just uh, the good news is uh, we're ready to sell and the church is ready to purchase. Okay, so the best we can tell, everything's moving forward. It's just a logistics thing. So be in prayer for that. I, uh, I've told you guys before, I have a, um, I, I have a, the kind of dog that if I go out in public, I turn in my man card. It's a, um, it's a little eight-pound yipper and uh, it, it's a non-shedder. So it's kind of like a chia pet. Uh, the fur just keeps going unless you trim it, and um, and, and so that's kind of what I have. And we have this tenuous relationship that essentially means he absolutely hates me unless no one else is around in the house. And he's like, well, I guess you're the only one left, so I'll be nice to you. And so that's kind of my relationship. And so I was sharing this with one of our staff members who loves dogs and trains dogs really well, and she said, well, uh, have you ever given your dog a job? And I was like, I never thought of that, you know? I was like, you know, maybe I could take him up the food line and he could bring some income into the home. You know, that would be fantastic. I think he would struggle with his math at the cash register possibly, but, uh, you know, a job. And I was like, a job. I kind of made fun of it. Like, a job? Well, dogs don't need a job. I started laughing. Like, yeah, every dog needs a job, you know? That's part of the training. You give, give your dog a job. And I was like, well, this thing's like barely above a rodent like what job could it possibly do you know and so she's like well they could watch the squirrels 
I'm like, watching the squirrels is a job? Like, you get paid for that kind of thing? So anyway, I've tried to say, hey, bark at the squirrels or something and giving him a job. But, you know, she said part of his training is to have a job. Um, here's the awkward transition. Um, so <laughs> this morning, I'm going to let you guys know, if you're here this morning, you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, here's our job, okay? We're going to talk about our job this morning. And so, you know, we've been... Um, We've been doing this series that I've been trying to prepare us, right? We're getting ready to move locations, and whenever you move, that, that's change. And I'm just, I'm trying to prepare you for, there is going to be a lot of change coming our way as, as a church. Uh, in fact, this past week, we, the staff, we started talking internally about how we were going to move our stuff, right? And just that, you know, makes you go, oh, man, you know, it's a big endeavor. And, and uh, so that's going to be changed, a lot changing, right? But I wanted to teach this series and remind you guys of some things that won't change at Coastal. It doesn't matter where we meet. This is in our DNA. These are the things about who we are. Now, in a six-week series, I, I can't cover everything, so I hope you know that. If I don't cover the thing that you thought I was going to cover, please know that. Oh, no, is that changing? You know, and we can talk about that. Probably not. But, uh, you know, I can only hit six things. But this is a big one this morning, right? I don't know if you ever thought about this, right? But uh, when I read the scriptures, when I read... Uh, Revelation chapter 21, I get this picture of heaven, and it looks incredible, right? Where our faith becomes sight, and it's this place of perfection where God dwells with his people, and there's, there's no more sin, right? I'm not going to be battling my flesh anymore in temptation. I, I long for that day, and, and, you know, evil is wiped out. The Bible says there will be no tears there, that God will wipe away every tear because it's going to be a perfect place, and there's no more evil. There's no more, there's no more Satan, inter, you know, uh, bringing things into our lives that, that are uncomfortable or difficult. It's a perfect place, and when I think about that, I think, you know, why in the world, when I became a follower of Jesus, when I became a Christian, why didn't God just take me to heaven, right? Because this in-between time is difficult. Some of you are here this morning, you drug yourself, like, it's just tough. You had a tough week, you know, there's things going on in your life, relationally, financially, emotionally, just difficult. And I'm a Christian, why didn't God just take me to heaven? You know, wouldn't that be the easy thing? Expedite my life kind of thing, right? Well, the reason is we have a job to do. God has given us something to do with our remaining however many years you have. Right? If you're young enough, you may have another 70 or 80. If you're older like me, you got less. And in, in, in between time, we've got this, this job that God has called his people to do. And it's found in Matthew chapter 28. We very often call it the Great Commission. So if you're kind of new to Christianity, you're new to church, Matthew 28, 18 to 20 are these, these final verses of Christ where he, he meets with with his now 11 disciples because Judas has hung himself and he says, and it's just before he ascends into heaven and he commissions them to fulfill what he's called them to do. And so we often call this the great commissioning of Christ. And I want to encourage us at Coastal. We're Coastal because, man, we are, we're going to be about fulfilling the great commission. That's our job as a church corporately and as followers of Christ individually. Check this out. This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28. Jesus came and he told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. That's the commissioning of Christ. Now, I want to pull a couple things out of this this morning. The first thing is this. The commissioning of Christ. By the way, if you've been in church for a long time, churches often start with go. What's the Great Commission? Go. No, it actually starts with authority. 
the authority of Christ. In fact, we're going to bookend this sermon. You're, you know, I'm going to kind of repeat myself this morning. It's like well, all preachers do that. Okay, so you know, I'm going to repeat myself. All right, we're going to bookend the sermon. Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Now, I want you to notice that this authority that Christ claims is authority that's been granted to him, right? I've been given. Where did he get it from? He got it from his heavenly father. And our heavenly father, our God, our creator, and I don't have time to unpack the doctrine of the Trinity this morning, right? But he, he has granted Christ all authority. He is king of kings, and he is Lord of lords. That's who Jesus is. He's the boss. He's in charge. If you're here this morning and you're a Christian, here's what this means. It means if you're a Christian, you have bowed a knee to the authority of Jesus Christ. You're the boss. You're in charge of my life. And because he has authority, that means that we, say, we commit ourselves to obeying his authority. And by the way, when I was growing up, this was probably bigger in the 70s than it is now. Uh, but in church circles, there was this, I think, false teaching that went around that you became a Christian. And then in this process, you made Jesus Lord, right, as you grew. Let me tell you something, okay? Jesus Christ is Lord. We don't make him anything. All right, let's just be clear about that. Like, Jesus isn't in heaven wringing his hands going, man, I hope they make me Lord. All right, like, it doesn't work that way. In fact, on Easter Sunday, okay, we're going we're gonna to look at the book, book of Revelation. We're going to look at the resurrected Christ, and it is awesome, okay? This Jesus is awesome. He's holy, and there is a sense of, whoa, terrifyingly holy. We don't make him Lord. It's when we become a Christian, we, we bow a knee to his, we recognize his lordship. And we bow a knee to his lordship. And I hope you see the practical implications of that. If you're here this morning, you're a Christian. You, it's not up, you don't have a choice of ignoring the commands of Christ. Now, we're talking about the commissioning of your life this morning, but... You know, we can talk about all kinds of things in the pursuit of holiness and righteousness and the authority of God. And when God commands something, like if you're a follower of him, if you bow the knee to authority, then you adjust your life to what Christ has called you to do and to be and to grow to be. And if you're here this morning and you're a Christian, we, we should be gripped with the mission that Jesus Christ in his authority has given us to do. You have a job to do. He's left us on earth. And so his rule, because he has authority, his rule demands a response. Right, let me tell you something. His rule demands a response. He's called, he's commissioned us to be going and to be making and to be baptizing and to be teaching his disciples. And we have an obligation as followers to, to and I'm going to push you here a little bit, okay? We have an obligation as followers. This is kind of the, cent, this is the central theme of why we're still here on earth. I need to just take you to heaven. So you have a job to do. You've been commissioned, and, and this affects everything in your life. This affects how you treat your neighbor, right? The person that you live next to is not an accident. God in his sovereignty placed you there. And your neighbor and your coworker and your roommate 
They're, they're in your life for a reason. It's to fulfill the commissioning that Christ has given you. This affects all the decisions that you and your spouse make. I'll tell you something. One of the biggest problems in marriages is we're bogged down in the minutia. We're fighting about who's doing the dishes because we're not invested enough in the commissioning that Christ has given us. My wife and I don't have time to fight over the dishes. We're, we're about bigger things. That's because she's kind enough to do them. Okay, but, you know, and I'm a jerk, but, you know. Listen, the next time you're fighting about the dishes, like, here's the deal. Somebody do the dishes and stay focused on the greater cause of your life. You guys are put together, the two become one, to be a part of fulfilling the commissioning that Jesus has given you to do together. Isn't that fascinating? Get your eyes out of the weeds and look up to what God has called you to do. This affects your, this affects your parenting. Parents, your job is not to bring your kids up and just make sure that they're good citizens with a good education and get a good job. All those things are valuable, but they're valuable inside the context of fulfilling the commissioning. Parents, your job is to bring your children up to be disciples of Jesus above all else. Let me, now let me speak, for the, speak for the student ministry for a minute, okay? Because one of the great things about children's ministry is like little kids, they don't really have a say, right? They don't have a strong opinion. Um, you, know, you kind of bring them to church. They like it. That's great. But, but something ha- there's a weird thing that happens, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bump against some of y'all's mess for a minute, and so forgive me, okay, if you're angry at me later, but something happens somewhere between the ages of 12 and 14 where a kid comes home and suddenly they know everything, okay, and they're smarter than you, and we give in to that. And some kid comes home and goes, well, I didn't really like youth ministry. It wasn't for me. And we get okay with that somewhere along. I don't get that. I tell you something, my kids weren't okay with English class. They didn't have a choice in that, right? I don't really get, you know, parsing verbs kind of thing. I don't get parsing a participle. Well, too bad you're going to English class. Guess what? Too bad you're going to student ministry. Why? Because my job is not to keep you happy. My job is to make a disciple, and the disciple is someone who hangs around with other disciples, and they live in community. Get in the car. It's that simple, right? Your 12-year-old, I hate to say this, your 12-year-old doesn't know everything. In fact, they know, quite frankly, never mind, okay? <laughs> Parents, we're bringing up disciples. And by the way, those disciples are following you. Like if, you know, if, I'm going to come to this in a minute. Like if corporate worship isn't a big part of your life, do you think suddenly it's going to just magically become part of their life? They're going to model you and your discipleship. The commissioning of Christ and his authority affects our finances, right? I hope this doesn't scare you off from being a member at Coastal Community Church, but when you join Coastal Community Church, one of the things we ask you to do is to tithe, to give a tenth of your income. Why do we do that? By the way, I do that unashamedly. That doesn't bother me at all. You want to know why? I'm helping you, you're, I'm helping you see that your finances is something that you steward to fund the commissioning of Christ through his local church. And I get even more excited about it. You know why I'm even more excited? Some of you are like, man, what you're talking about. You know, you're meddling. Here's why I get even more excited about it. I want to prepare you to one day stand before the God of the universe. And I don't want you to stand before the God of the universe and you say, um, I, 
I took all those financial resources you entrusted to me, and I live, and I use 98% of it on myself. And I want you to go, man, I was, I, I was generous. And I hope the 10% is a starting place of your generosity. I hope you keep your lifestyle in check in such a way when you buy a car, you buy a house, or you buy some clothes, or you add on some technology or whatever, you're thinking through the lens of the commissioning of Christ. And you're asking the question, do I need this? Is, is my lifestyle in check so that I can make sure that I'm donating enough to the causes of the gospel? I don't have any embarrassment having you think through that lens because that's the commissioning of Christ. This affects your business. It affects every ministry you do, you know, on and on. This, the commissioning of Christ is under his authority. And if we skip the first part of this passage, we miss the rest, right? And here's why. See, a lot of church, a lot of teaching on this passage, it goes right to go. Go, therefore. Therefore, go. Make, if, if you do it that way, if you skip the beginning part, you kind of think it's out there. Like, you think the results are up to you. Man, I better be. No, your job is to be obedient. And guess what? The power of Christ is with you. Isn't that cool? That's the cool thing of understanding the bookends of the Great Commission. We go in the authority of Jesus Christ. And the mission he's given us is empowered by the risen Jesus Christ. Incredible. It's incredible. Now, I got to take a minute here this morning, a couple minutes here, and go over what actually Jesus commissioned his people to do, okay? Now, I've preached so many sermons on this. I could take these next two verses and preach weeks and weeks, so I got to give it a high-level overview, okay? Everybody with me on that? Uh, so that I can do this within my allotted time, okay? Uh, and I'm not sharing how much time that is. So... Um, <clears throat> But at Coastal, man, we're passionate about the commissioning of Christ for his church. And so Jesus' commissioning, here it is, all right? Here's Jesus' commissioning for his church. It's, it's got his authority, okay? It's under his authority, and Jesus' commissioning his church with this. Check this out, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Therefore, so whenever you come across the word therefore in your Bible, you're going to ask your question. What are you going to ask? Gee, I wonder what it's therefore, right? So it's a great literary tool, okay? So Jesus says, I have all authority, Therefore, all right, since all authority is given here, here's what I'm giving to my church. All right, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. So a couple quick points out of what have we been commissioned to do. Number one, we've been commissioned to go, right, to go. In fact, the word go literally has the idea of as you're going, right? It, now, it can have the idea of going to another culture, all right? And I feel like in a church this size, you know, well, we should be birthing missionaries. There should be people that are here, the commissioning of Christ is stirring in their hearts. They say, you know what? I think I need to take this to another culture. We should be sending out. But, but the idea really is as you're going, as you're going with your family, as you're interacting with your roommates, as you're in your place of business, as you shop, you, are, you have the eyes of fulfilling the commissioning of Jesus Christ, I mean, we have a great opportunity coming our way in a couple weeks, right? Easter Sunday. I like to call it Resurrection Sunday. I'm, I, I'm always a little hesitant to use that out in the community because I think people probably don't know what it means, okay? But, you know, in our culture, most people understand, you know, man, I think I'm supposed to go to church on Easter. I think that's awesome. And I think as Christians, we should seize that. See, I mean, this is, God has given us a great opportunity to invite on Easter Sunday as you're going. 
I want you to see this new building and the new location we're moving to. And, you know, I don't know your experience. I know my experience is a little bit different because I'm the pastor, but it just seems like everywhere I'm going, when I some, you know, someone finds out I'm the pastor of Colts Community Church, they're like, oh, man, you bought that building. That, that new, right? You getting any of that in the community? I see that as an opportunity. It's not, it's not just, oh, look at Coastal. No, it's an opportunity. Well, listen, why don't you come check it out? Amen. Why don't you come with us, man, and worship us and get to know the risen Christ, your Redeemer. It's an opportunity to go. The word go is uncomfortable, right? I'm about to say something really profound. You're going to go, man, he's really smart. Ready? Here it is. Ready? You can't sit and go at the same time. Brilliant, right? Isn't it? I know. Don't try this at home. All right? Don't try this at home. I mean, to go means you're outside of your comfort zone a little bit. You, bet you make some relationships that... You wouldn't normally make. You get involved in some ministries you wouldn't normally be a part of. Church, it means to go means as a church, we're not done yet. One of the fears I have in relocating is as a body, we're going to kind of sit back and go, man, we've made it. No, Christ has commissioned us as we're going. Make disciples. By the way, we're not... We're not, as, a, as a church, like the next thing, once we relocate, the next thing is just going to be a matter of timing, Lord willing, unless God shows the leadership otherwise in prayer and discernment. But, you know, we're looking to do a campus. We want to take coastal where our people already are and they're driving further than we want them to be driving. It's birthed out of the commissioning that Christ has given. We need to go. The word go is missional. The word go is missional. Right? Jesus said to go to all the nations. There, you know, we, we need to have eyes for all nations. By the way, if you're here this morning and you're a Christian, you know there's something bigger than in your worldview than you're an American? You're a Christian. And you're a part of the body of Christ. For people from the Middle East, from Iran and Iraq and China. Russia, we have, we're a part of something bigger than that fact that you're an American. We have, we have eyes for all the nations. That's why we, you know, we just talked about the Dominican Republic team coming up. We've got teams going to Honduras this year. We've got a group go, uh, doing an investigative trip to Africa this year. Why? Because at Coastal Women, we want you to go on a missions trip. We want to stretch you out and be missional. Why? Because that's part of the commissioning. I want you to see the God of the universe and other cultures. It will radically shape your life. And so it's missional. And what are we supposed to go and do on this to all the nations? We're to make disciples. We're to make disciples. And disciples are followers. They're, they're not just converts, right? And one of the things that, you know, I'm... I'm very cautious of, and there's times at Coastal where I feel the need to make sure, hey, if there's someone here and they're not a believer and the Holy Spirit's working on the heart to give them an opportunity to get right with their creator through the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And, you know, I'll pray with them here from the front and, you know, I'll say, hey, you know, you can check a box or raise a hand. And, and all those things can be important to the commitment process, but that's not being a disciple. A disciple is someone who's committed to following Christ. And they have to understand, a disciple understands the doctrine of the God of the Bible. Not the God of their making, but the God of the Bible, right? Because they, a disciple understands Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
The doctrine of the Trinity. Now, I'm not talking about they understand the mystery of it. I'm saying they have an understanding of who Jesus is, what the Holy Spirit does, and he's worked in their heart. A disciple is someone who's willing to stand up and be baptized, to publicly profess they're a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what a disciple does. I get it. When we do baptism, it's super scary, right? And most people... Now, studies show that a person would, or that people in America are more afraid of, of, of public speaking than they are of dying. They'd rather die than publicly speak, right? So I get that. All right, I get the fear piece, but there is a piece of that that says, as a disciple, I'm letting others know that I'm a follower of Christ, and you can hold me accountable to this through the ordinance of baptism. And so the disciple is baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In fact, at Coastal Community Church, when it comes to discipling, you know, our, our vision statement at Coastal is to develop authentic followers of Jesus Christ. The idea of authentic followers is the idea for us of discipleship. It's someone who, who is following the Lord wholeheartedly. And how do we do that? Well, we say there's three ways that we want you to be a disciple. We've, we've given you some handles, and they're only handles, and it's not a perfect thing, okay? So don't, you know, we'll come back to that here in a minute. But, uh, you know, how do we do that at Coastal? We want you to develop as an authentic follower of Christ through what? Some of you guys know this, right? Connect, what? Grow and serve, right? Connect, grow, and serve. Why? That's the process of becoming a disciple. We want you to connect by being a part of corporate worship. We want you to commit yourself to being a part of corporate worship regularly, right? Not like, man, I got up, I got time to go. Well, it's a commitment. The Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's a part of our commands as Father Jesus. So I'm going I'm to gather with my brothers and sisters. We're going we're to be in a part of our corporate worship service. And I guess what, I'm going to commit myself to being there on time so that I can be a part of the singing. We're to gather and we're to sing praises and encourage each other in the singing. I don't, know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not a big singer off of Sunday morning. You know, I'm not a big music person off Sunday morning. But there's something about gathering with my brothers and sisters in Christ and singing praises to God and truths about God, man. It just lightens my load. And it prepares my heart to hear the word of God. And then, of course, we want you to grow by being in a small group ministry. And this is where we take the Word of God that's been taught on Sunday morning, we intersect it with your life, and we put you around other people to hold you accountable to be growing to be more like Christ. I, I meet with a couple guys on Wednesday morning, early Wednesday morning, three guys, and one of them said this week, I, I quoted him, it was fascinating. He said, I sat in church a long time, but I did not really start changing until I got into a small group. Here's what he was saying, man. I, I heard message after message after message after message after sermon after sermon, in and out, years and years of that. But it, what I didn't change because there was nobody to hold me accountable to change. That small group, it's the one another's of the New Testament. Right? I, I've done whole sermon series on love one another, serve one another, forgive one another, you know, on and on. It's a small group. It's an opportunity to do life in community. And then serve. We need to serve God by being on mission and ministry. Okay? Connect, grow, and serve. That's how you become a disciple. Now, as leaders at Coastal, like we understand that there's other things that God uses to help grow you as a disciple. So please, everybody shake your head and go, they understand that at Coastal, okay? We understand there's organic things happening that are helping to train you as a disciple. When you have a church this size, we want to make sure you have handles so you know, hey, this is our process for because something we can communicate and to help grow disciples. Does that make sense? And 
One of the things that we have in place to help you commit yourself to this discipleship process is membership, okay? Membership doesn't get you into heaven. It's committing yourself to the people that are committed to be followers of Jesus Christ. And we help to, our hope is that you will commit yourself to this discipleship process because this is the commissioning of Christ. Does that make sense? It's all birthed out of this. We want to fulfill what God has called us to do. So the commission in Christ is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then Jesus said, teaching them, teaching them. That's your next point, teaching them. We're to teach the word of God, solid biblical instruction. And by the way, it's not head knowledge for head knowledge's sake, and it's not right theology just you know to have debates all the time, which churches can kind of bog down into. The, it's knowledge for transformation's sake. It's knowledge so that you will, your life will be in obedience to the things of the Lord. You know, I don't, I don't need to know the original languages of the New Testament to treat my spouse kinder, right? Or to bring up children in the Lord. But I do need to have the knowledge of the Word of God that transforms my mind. And by the way, one of the things we talk about a lot at Coastal is the Bible changing our thinking. Why is that? Because a thinking becomes a behavior, why did Jesus say, you know, if you call a person a fool, you've already committed murder? That seems extreme, right? He's talking about the, the seeds of thinking are already heading on that path. It doesn't mean you become as bad as your thoughts could be, but you, the seeds are there. And so thinking is important. So we, you know, we need to be a community that has the right understanding of the word of God to change our thinking. Because a thinking becomes a behavior, a behavior becomes a lifestyle. A lifestyle can make a great impact or go you know, way down the wrong path because our thinking is wrong. And so we want to change your thinking through the grid of the word of God. Because when we become Christians, okay, what happens is we've been, we got this new birth, okay, but we've been birthed out of this old worldview, right? And the world is going to oftentimes, oftentimes take you down a path that's opposite of what the word of God says. So we have to make sure we're thinking through the grid of what God tells us is true because you'll know the truth and the truth does something, right? What's it do? Sets you free, right? So how are we going to know the truth? It's going to be in the word of God. In the book of Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul kind of hits on this about how to, you know, grow in your thinking. Romans chapter 12, how to worship the Lord. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. That's the gospel, okay? Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. So, in other words, your, your lifestyle is an opportunity to sacrifice and worship the Lord, this is truly the way we worship him. Okay, your behavior is not earning you anything. It's an opportunity to worship because the gospel has changed your heart. Does that make sense? Okay, so now we grow in this. How do we grow in this? He says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you do what? The way you think, right? Then you will learn to know God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Okay? It's the Great Commission. We've been commissioned to teach the Word of God. That's why we're at Coastal Sunday morning. Get your Bible out. You know, in small groups, we intersect what's been taught in your small group. It's why we're always open in the Word of God because we want you to know the Word of God. That's why Pastor Joey encouraged us last week to be in the Word of God privately on our own so that our thinking is through the grid of the Word of God because that's part of the commissioning of Christ. Now, finally, I want to show you this, okay, the Great Commission of Christ. 
Here's the why of what we're doing at Coastal. Because Jesus said this, ready? He said, be sure of this. And it's powerful, right? Be sure of this, Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Be sure of this, he said. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus Christ has said, I am with you always. And here's the idea. This is the Sean Brown loose translation, ready? Jesus is saying, I myself, your divine, resurrected, living, eternal Lord is with you. Awesome, right? Now, I could be wrong in what I'm about to say, okay, because it's not in the text. It's a little bit of Sean Brown speculation. In fact, do this for a minute. Turn to your neighbor and say, he could be wrong. He could be wrong. Go ahead. Doesn't that feel good to say? He could be wrong. It's not in the text, okay? I know you'd feel better about that. My wife's going to love it, okay? I could be wrong, but I'm just asking the question. Could it be? that the church that loses the passion and direction for the commissioning of Christ loses the I'm with you, right? I mean, why would, why would we be blessed? Why would Christ be with us with all the, if we get bogged down and fussing with each other? Could it be that the mission that Jesus has given us is bookended by his power and his authority? Did you notice that? Here's the commissioning. Go, all right? But in between that is all authority and I will be with you. It's incredible. And so at Coastal, you know, I want to, I you know, that, when, when you give money to help fund the commissioning of Jesus, could it be that he's with you to provide for you financially? Could it be? I'm with you. When you walk in obedience to the word of God and you, you go, you, uh, you know, it's horrifying to think about going to a third world country, but you say, you know what? God has called us to go. I'm going to go. And you go. Could it be that God will provide for you the strength that you need and the resources that you need? Could it be? Could very well be. And as a church, you know, when we continue to make the commissioning of Christ our priority, right? Could it be that I am with you? I mean, that's where I want to be, right? And by the way, this move to this new location, like, it was birthed out of the commissioning of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that. It was, this move has been fueled, and, and it goes back two or three years for us in the leadership level. I shared with the body about two years ago, you know, at about the three-year mark in this new building, man, we had grown so quickly, we were, we were outgrowing the building. And let me give you a little bit of insight into church life, okay? So you know where this, this idea came from, where, why we decided to relocate and start looking around. What do we need to do, Lord? Okay, in church life, okay, um, when, when uh, uh, so there's a couple things, because you could ask, why don't we just add more services? If we're full, why don't we just add more services at Coastal Community Church? Well, it's, it's what I call diminishing returns, because people want to come. It's key seats at key times, right? Most people in our culture come to church between 10 and 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, okay? I could add five more services today, and they'll be diminishing the amount of people that actually come. And it requires resources, volunteer resources, and lessons, so it's the diminishing returns, right? So we're using the church body's resources, but man, we're not getting kind of the bang for our buck. Okay. The second reason we're full is that sociologically, studies show us that when a room is 75% full, and some studies are now down to 70% full, when a room is 70% full, guess what? What? It's full. Why is that? 
because we put a seat between us and the people we don't know, right? Look at the person next to you that you really don't know. You've already, you may even like that person, but you just feel the need, okay? And I'm not a touchy person. Like, for me, it's two seats, two seat minimum, you know, to sit. This is what we do. We do it at the movie theater. We do it at the restaurant. It's just a sociological thing. And so when you're 75% full, you're full. And by the way, so you know, CNU is out this week on spring break. Okay, so our key, our key time at Cole, like we're over the 75% seating capacity right now in this service, okay? And most Sundays during spring and fall um, when, uh, when school is in session, okay, this service is our key service time. We've got people seated. Every seat is full. If you come late and you're a guest, guess where you get to sit? The usher goes, follow me, right? The ushers are laughing because they know where you get. You get escorted to the front row. Now, all kidding aside, like, what if that's a person that you've invited, you've been praying for, and you invite them, finally, they muster up the courage to go to church for the first time. And listen, churches are weird, okay? If you're not used to going, they do weird things, like, amen, you don't know what that means, or raising hands, you have no idea what that is, right? And you, uh, you're investigating, guess what? You get escorted into the front row. It's unlikely you're coming back again. That's embarrassing, especially when the preacher starts spitting on you, Okay. <laughs> And I see people sitting out in the lobby, right? And I begin to realize, like, we're out of room. And I read Acts chapter 2, right, with the, with the uh, 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 Pentecost, Peter's sermon, right? And 3,000 people were added to the body of Christ that day. And if you're like me, man, that excites you. And I began to look around, and I was like, we don't even have room for 50 more people. Hmm. That kept me awake at night. And it kept the leadership of course. We began to pray, like, Lord, what do you want us to do? And we realized we needed parking, seating, and children's space. We needed all, whatever we did, wherever we deployed the resources of the commission of Christ, had to, had to cover all three of those things, right? And so the, the rest is history, right? You guys know, know where we're leading. But two years ago, man, our God, and, and by the way, it's been really interesting uh, to see the Lord work in the shadows, and, and as you guys know, the project's grown, and here's the exciting thing to me. If I'd have known the total, I think if, if, and I don't want to speak for all my elder team, I suspect it's similar to them. If we had known the total cost of this project at the beginning, we'd have probably been like, ain't no way, no way, you know, right? But then once you got in neck deep, and you watch the Lord continue to provide, right? We watch the Lord work in the shadows. Why? Because I think, I just think we're under the umbrella of I am with you because this was birthed out of the commissioning. Does that make sense? And that's where it came from. And so I want to equip you this morning, and then I'll close with prayer. Okay, I want to equip you. Here's the so what this morning. I want to equip you this morning to be on mission this in the next couple weeks. Okay, so there's two things in your bulletin. Get them out. Two cards. Okay, the first card is what I call Reach 3 cards. Some of y'all have, probably have it because I've used it so many times through the years. I use it personally. It's actually one of the bookmarks in my Bible. Uh, I, list, I list three people that to my knowledge don't, don't know the Lord or don't go to church, okay? So I don't, sometimes I've been praying for people and I find out later they're a Christian and they're going to church and I take them off my list, okay? I'm like, great. I'm so glad you're going to church somewhere and you know the Lord Jesus. But I pray for people to my knowledge don't know the Lord and I just pray for them, three people, okay? I want you to do that, okay? And then the second card, I want you to couple with the first card. So as you're praying, I want you to look for an opportunity with the second card to invite them to our Easter services right here, okay? 815, 9:45, 11:15. I want you to invite them, all right? And if, if you can't do it for Easter, I want you to look for an opportunity to invite them to the new building, okay, with that little bit of buzz that's going on. Hey, oh, yeah, that's great. You're gonna, yeah, let me, hey, you know what? Let me invite you. 
Now, I've only equipped you with one, so that means some of y'all got to go bombard the Connect Center and make sure you get at least three, right? Let's do that on the way out. But I want you to be praying, and I want you to look for the opportunity to invite. And I'm just crazy enough to believe that as you pray and as you invite that Jesus Christ will be with you in this endeavor. I'm just crazy enough to believe that. Because Jesus said, I have all authority and I'm with you. I'm praying that God uses your relationships with these people and a little invite card to make an eternal difference in the life of someone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, coastal. We're coastal because we were daring and dangerous enough to believe in the commissioning of our Savior, Jesus Christ. <coughs> we're daring and dangerous enough that he's been given all authority and that when we go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all these things, that you're with us in that endeavor. Heavenly Father, I, I, I lift into your presence uh, these, these reach three cards, these l opportunities to pray for people, God. I look at this room this morning, it's pretty full. I think if we take everybody in this room, we multiply it by three, and they all came, uh, we wouldn't have room for all of them, actually. And I just pray for the multiplication of your people as they go out commissioned by the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And I pray for these invite cards, God, that they would, um, that your Holy Spirit would already be doing the work, even today, God, stirring in a restlessness in the soul of the people that we're going to invite. That they, because they're disconnected from their Savior, their Creator, that they know something is off, something is wrong, and that this invite would be an opportunity to introduce them to the one who not only gives abundant life, but gives eternal life. And God, help us to be mindful of the job that you've given us to do. You didn't just take us to heaven, God. You've commissioned us to be a part of making Christ famous, and we do that with joy, and we do that with eagerness, we do that understanding that we uh, are commissioned under the authority of Jesus Christ. And so we thank you for that opportunity and help us to go out this morning with new eyes. That all that we do would be run through the grid of the commissioning of Christ. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. All right, church, this is our offering time. If you are a guest with us this morning, thank you so very much for being here. I just want you to know we're not after your money. It's one of the ways we worship the Lord at Coastal. So if you'd like to join us in that, you're certainly welcome. As a guest, I'd like to have one thing from you on the side of that bulletin is a tear-off. If you would fill that out and drop that in the offering plate. Um, 
We just want to send you a thank you card for coming with a little more, more information about Coastal. That's all we're going to do with that. Um, if you're interested in being a part of our next membership class, which I mentioned and challenged you with, okay, that's May 21st. If you fill out that tear off, drop that in your offering basket. We'll ping you and remind you when the class gets a little closer. We'd love for you to come to that as well. If you're here this morning, you have a prayer need. Our prayer team will be right up here in the front row. They wear a purple shirt, so you can kind of designate them. And if you just need to talk to someone and pray with someone, they are here and available to minister you in that way. So with that, ushers, would you come forward? And Joel, would you lead us in singing? Proclaiming the glories of Calvary 
with every breath. Lord, how I long to sing of Jesus who died for me. Lord, take me deeper into the glories of Calvary.